This is The Politics of Everything, and I'm your host, Amber Danes. Welcome to the podcast where we want to discuss the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment to equality, and much more. Our guests are experts in their field or topic of choice, even if you've not yet heard their name. This is a bipartisan podcast, so while we love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate, by no means is this a one-sided forum for any one political view. So please listen up and enjoy the politics of everything. The idea of decluttering excites me. As someone who has moved house over 20 times in my life, it makes sense to keep it simple. In fact, I dream of residing in a hotel one day. Meet Anita Burgess, who makes a living from organising others. Anita has completed her professional organiser training and is a registered member of IOPO, which stands for the Institute of Professional Organisers. She's a former real estate agent with a diploma in property styling, so she knows her stuff. She's also a regular media presenter and commentator on this very topic. So I can't wait to get started on the politics of decluttering. Welcome, Anita. Hi, Amber. How are you? Really, really good. I'm going to dig back into your childhood to kick us off. So did you have a really, really organized house? Did you did you grow up in a place where there was containers for everything, toys belonged in certain places, and did that help you? So, Amber, I have to tell you something. I think the truth of it, it wasn't so much about being organized. It was about not having clutter in my childhood. So, Growing up, my parents were not people that kept a lot of things. And I actually think if we think back to most of our parents, it, there wasn't the Kmarts and the $5 little chick chucky things to just bring home for the children. Things were bought with higher quality, were more expensive, so it ended up having less clutter in the home. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? I do. I, I think there's so much, I call it plastic rubbish that we just exactly. can buy. It's cheaper. It's more accessible. I remember obviously growing up similar era to you. Yes. I mean, shops weren't open seven days a week no. all the time. No. You couldn't consume all the time. So it's interesting you say that. And I think that's kind of the framework I work from as well. But how did you become so interested in organising, I guess, not only your own wardrobes and, and your own stuff in your life, but helping others? Did you feel like that's something that you always had a natural affinity to well, do? Well, I think, you know what, I've been in, I was in hospitality before I started this and that was about 15 years I was in that, which was, you know, my experience was about learning and implementing systems in hospitality. I managed restaurants. I was overseas. Um, I got to be director of operations for a chain of restaurants overseas and a lot of it was about being organized so whether it was organizing certain systems in certain areas within that industry or people itself and it comes down to the habits of people so you have to kind of reconfigure that also I was going to say to you that part of that is making things smoother easier and more organized after hospitality I went into real estate mm -hmm. and that's where I realized kind of that it was directed my organizing and my decluttering was more of a, um, a lot of it was visual as well. Not so, do, do you kind of get what I'm saying when I say that? When, when, um, I do, I totally understand it. Like, yeah, I, and most of us think visually, so it makes perfect sense. It does. And so when I was in real estate, I actually, 
the best part for me, you were, I mean, it's quite funny, is that I didn't actually enjoy selling homes at all. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the negotiating process, but what I did enjoy was working with my clients in their home and preparing that home for sale. And that main part was decluttering. Decluttering can change change your home in a very, very short amount of time. And also it's it doesn't cost you anything. It costs you to do it yourself, you know, like to get things out of your home. You're not actually buying things in. So basically after um, I had my second child, uh, sorry, I had my first child, I was pregnant with the second, I kind of had to reevaluate about, about what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought, you know what, it's the perfect time to choose to do something I love. And I looked back and I was like, this is the time I was the happiest. This is the time I love doing it. And I just thought, you know what? I think there's a career in this. I didn't know there was such a thing as a professional organiser or decluttering expert at the time. I was going to say, I just learned that. I'm, I actually had a slight smile on my face because I'm like, really, this exists. Like there's actually professional qualifications. Yeah, it actually does. I started the business not knowing what I did was actually a career in itself. I did. I started the business just going, look, I do this thing where I'll help you <laughs> and I'm really good at it. And then I realized there was an association, there were other people around that do, do it. And I think the industry has changed quite a bit from dealing just with them. Um, there used to be a bit of a stigma with it was yes. only to do with hoarders yes. or a mental health issue. When now in this day and age, we are overcome by clutter and it makes us anxious, it makes us stressed and it affects everyday life in the home. So it, it is everyday people I do, everyday people. Absolutely. And you say that organising for you is second nature and it does sound like that's been in your DNA for a long time. Like many yeah. of us, you're balancing work, running the efficient home and, and being a mum. That must yes. have taught you an enormous amount, just all that in terms of how to stay organised when reality is you've got small people and they create mess. I mean, I'm, I'm living it. So... How do you actually cut through that? I think it's a lot easier when you're a couple who might, you know, work long hours and live in a beautiful CBD apartment where everything's done for you. This is this is kind of the, I guess, the dilemma a lot of us find ourselves in. What would you say to that? Okay, so first of all, I think a, a really big rule to have is to stop bringing things into the home. Okay, we are, as, as humans, uh, we have this hunting, gathering nature in us. Um, once we were hunting for food, uh, for survival, now every time we go out of the home, we seem to come back with something that's unnecessary. When you are living with two people in a little apartment, your needs are different. Now, when you have little people around and you have children, you keep thinking as you're out, oh, I need this, I need this pair of socks. And you have this almost um, a constant thing going in your mind, oh, I need this for a birthday party. And we're on the hunt all the time. So it's about really thinking about going back and changing that mindset at the beginning. You've really got to go back and change that mindset. Mm, that's fascinating. And I think it's it's probably like anything. It's like a ex new exercise program or something that, you know, is going to do you well in the long term. It does take, it's like a muscle. You've got to use it or lose it, right? So you can't sort of just say, for example, get you in, you do this amazing job. And then like six months later, there's like you say, all this stuff that's come in and it's just. Oh, no. And it's true. It's true. And I have clients that have gone either way, but, and I always say to them, they're like, you know, they want me to come in and wiggle my magic nose. You know, that's not the way it happens. The, the whole thing is, is that you've got to be ready for the process. You've got to be wanting the change. And then once the change happens, you have to maintain that. 
So it's all very well to do a declutter, but it, you have to, it's like an exercise regime. And, and what, but once you start doing it, I mean, I love it because I know that what I'm doing is for the health of my home, the health of my family and for the health of me. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. As I said, I would love to live in a hotel. I dream of a day when it's just all, everything only that I really love and need and nothing else. And there's, you know, I don't see a lot of stuff. It's amazing. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and I was going to say to you, I also have, some clients that because when they hire me, like we will do the big cull, but then I will go in maybe once a year or twice a year only because it then becomes a discipline for them. It's hard sometimes to say, let's put aside the time to declutter because we have so many other things going on in our life that think that, that those things take a priority. So that's why I'll go back in. I mean, you know, you could imagine just now this time of the year, you know, before Christmas, I'm being asked quickly, come in for like three days. They just, and it's not, and it's never been the same way it was at the beginning, but it's just to have that discipline. Anita's coming, we're putting this time aside and we're going to do it properly. And I guess for you, when you started this business, not knowing where it was going to go, I mean, how do you operate? Do, you, do your clients, they obviously have to be local. Do you do any online coaching or helping with people in any way? I haven't started doing online coaching. It's funny that you said, it. I'm going to be actually launching something in the next couple of weeks weeks which will be more tutorial videos and I am looking into doing some coaching but I think a lot of it is I really I am more of a face-to-face person I really like being in the environment I like to be able to see the area I'm in meet the person I think I can get a lot more done and do a lot more for the client when I'm actually in their home, to be honest. I would imagine it needs that personal touch, but I guess it's that idea of as a business, for example, to, you know, that I've had to do this in my business, one-to-one versus one-to-many to scale, you kind of have to have options for people. And if people really know that they maybe have had you in their home, but they might have moved into state and they really trust you, I could yes. imagine there would still be an opportunity. You wouldn't be able to go in and physically help them, but you might actually be able to coach them through some of those processes. And like you say, yeah, I think I'm doing, kind I'm of- probably doing- coaching for free right now that I don't realize but I do have I do have people from interstate sending me photos yes quite often and we'll say Anita what do you think of this cupboard or you know or, or they actually declutter and send me like um trophy shots are like look what I did so it's kind of cool when they think you know when, when people are sending me these photos to say oh do you mind if I keep sharing my journey with you and you can just say good on you and so it's interesting that you say that but I'm doing it for free right now so I should probably start monetizing it everything in good time I guess I mean I'd love to know what kind of projects um you find the most interesting what that you know, might be the type of you know, space or the type of client and why? What gives you the most satisfaction in this whole process? To be honest with you, the most satisfaction I get is when I I really see a change in the client and as in, you know, it, it can be such a small thing like a wardrobe. You think like a woman's wardrobe, like why don't we do it? But suddenly, you know, I've had women, you know, say to me after in the afternoon, oh, Anita, I just sat in front of my wardrobe and I just smiled. And it stopped them by. They were like, I felt like I had a whole new lease on life. I got rid of a lot of stuff that I had been holding on to. There's a certain exercise in it and a process. Like you go through, it's like taking a little journey down memory lane sometimes, you know. Um, And letting stuff go is sometimes, you know, it's hard, but it's liberating. So when we're talking about that, like, you know, what's satisfying for me, it's when I see a client happy and 
at the end of it and I've walked out and I know they're tired and it's been quite a journey. I hate to use that word journey, but it is. That- oh, it can be quite emotional getting rid of stuff, you know, stuff that no longer serves you, but it has some, you know, I guess, historical significance or memories to it. I, I totally understand that, even though I don't like clutter. It's Well, it serves at one, it definitely serves at one stage and it's kind of like, that's why I say to people, just because you're letting go, of that pair of shoes you wore out when you were partying one time, right? Because, you know, some I do, I see some people, women our age, they're back, you know, they're like, oh, but I wore this out and it reminded them in their 20s how they could dance and they could all this. But I was saying just because you're letting go of the shoes doesn't mean you're letting go of the memory. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's taking up valuable real estate in your wardrobe. Like if you think about it like that, I think it just changes your mindset too where you think, well, yeah, it's, it's just something to look at. It's something to remind you. But like you say, the memories are not just the objects. I'm very curious to ask you um, your thoughts on um, the very famous Japanese decluttering lady called Marie Kondo. Yes. She's probably the first yes. person that I kind of thought um, thought of when I thought of you. You're like the Australian version of her. Um, obviously, her ethos is very, <laughs> is very Japanese. Do you have any thoughts on that process? I mean, I I must admit, I love it, but I find it extreme. The whole idea of touch it, smell it, do you love it, whatever, if you don't. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I do love Marie Kondo. And the reason I love her is because she's she's inspirational. She's inspired people all over the world to declutter and reconsider their buying, which is, you know, do you, does it bring you joy? Now, realistically, though, not everything brings me joy in my house. And same with you, whether it's a cheese grater or a pair of tweezers, they don't bring me joy, but they serve a purpose. So the questions I really ask my clients and I ask myself when I'm doing this is that, you know, do I need it, do I love it, or does it serve a purpose? Yeah, I think the purpose piece is important because some of it is the practical reality, like you say, it's the cheese grater or, you know, that really unexciting winter doona that you have to pack away for six months, but you're going to need it in six more months. Exactly, exactly. So I think that is, um, but, but the, the reason I, I truly, truly think she was an inspiration to get people moving and to realize that they, they're, there is a difference of, of changing your mindset of how much you accumulate into your home and ask those questions. Don't be just so, you know, quick to spend and quick to bring stuff into your home. I think that's where she inspired a lot of people. And do you fold clothes like she does? I mean, she rolls them, doesn't oh, she? Oh, I love the folding. So I do, but I don't use the folding in everything. And I love my hanging space because a yes. lot of it was about not to hang. Um, us as Australians are built-in wardrobes. There is a certain way to have your built-in wardrobes configured. So I do consult a lot with clients and joiners and carpenters when they're doing that. There's a certain way that we like to have that, that, that suits our lifestyle the best. I mean, we have, you know, we have a, we have a very long summer, yet we don't have a big winter wardrobe here in Australia. We don't have big winter jackets. We don't have snow per se. Do you know what I mean? So the majority of us. So to configure for an Australian um, cupboard, I do love our hanging space. I do love though folding those undies and having the bras and the socks the way she does. I do have. My- I find that incredible. I must admit, I think I did that once, and then probably after two weeks, in the yeah. rush of a very busy period with work and family commitments, and actually going away and so forth, yeah. it literally just got all dumped on top. So I think it's that always it's hard to maintain it and I think that's one of my things I'd love to pick your brain on in the maintenance and obviously people get you in every six months but I can't sometimes wait six months to have that 
level of organization I think it's like anything it's like when you first get your hair done you're like oh this is amazing I'm going to maintain it whatever and then within two days you're back in a mum ponytail do you know what I mean like it's just no it's true and you know what that's not that's natural though and that's why I always tell my clients and everyone don't be so hard on yourself like I mean look I'm sitting in my you know in my, in my home and I, and I look around and you know and I and I've got two small kids my junk drawer needs doing okay it's the place where I every night you know I unload change keys you know and my son has his little lego man that he walks around with and my daughter has some you know shell that she's booked, picked up and I have to give them time to also release that kind of stuff to get rid of that stuff because they'll forget about it in a couple of days but it's that day it's the most important thing to hit them so you have to pick you know don't be so hard on yourself like if you can just keep up maintenance in certain areas you know I'll, I'll do it you, you and if you if you start doing it from the beginning you'll get into the habit of picking up like I, you know I look at that now I'm like oh as soon as the kids finish school in a couple of weeks I'm going to be doing that draw and get it back in order yeah you've got time frames around so I think it's important so homes are one thing what about other spaces like car interiors and you know external spaces as well do you are there similar principles I mean some people's cars I get into them like wow is this like your entire office life in this thing it is, it is. And you know what I it, it, the car can run away from me. I do the car every week, to be honest with you. I do the car every Sunday afternoon because it is. It's the kids. The kids just bring stuff in, whether it's, a you know, the, the, the map from the zoo, for God's sake, you know, and they just want to look at it every time they're driving. It is. And a lot of people also use the car as their office. Some people, you know, it's an extension between the home and their office is the car. Um, there's definitely external spaces to consider and to keep under control. If that car is 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 you know, by Sunday, I'm ready. I'm ready to declutter that. Every Sunday, I do it. Oh, totally. And I, I'm just curious about that because it'd be great to have the organised everything. But I guess it's always time and priorities. But you sound like you check in regularly. And what I'm takeaway I'm getting is it's just about a bit of regularity and, like you're saying, being kind to yourself. But checking in on what's the priority. Where do you need to focus um, that decluttering? And I look, I, I guess the only good thing for me is I've moved house a lot in my life, and I do find I can move like twice in a year which happened recently don't recommend it was small wow big and um we still had things to throw out even though we'd only just done it and I think it's what you bring into the house so I think that's going to be one of my big big takeouts it's interesting because what worked for you in one home um visually purposely will not work for you in the other home and I and I went through the same thing this year where I've moved from a bigger home and I and I moved into a smaller unit and I thought this is definitely things I'm going to need, all my kids are going to need, and I haven't touched it. And it's, it is an eye-opener. Moving yeah. home is probably one of the best times to do this process. Absolutely. And I think, like you say, the more space you have, the more you feel it. Like I know, I know friends who live in, you know, the five-bedroom house and one room is literally yeah. like the dumping ground. And I'm like, well... Yeah. Really? And they just shut the door and we don't think about it. But how often are you going to go in there and use any of it, I think? You know, you know what? It's it's so common, Amber, that people don't realise even, you know, they keep adding storage and storage and more built-ins and wall, like, you know, wall to wall, you know, and then floor to ceiling. And, and, and when I walk into homes, they're like, oh, look at my storage. It's so good. It's absolutely full. And it's almost like, and I said, how would you feel if it was empty? Yeah. And they're like, and it's actually a bit shocking. Yeah. Because they don't like they think, well, if it's there, I need to fill it. That's it. Build it and it will fill, as I say. Exactly, so I think, I think exactly so totally it right. really is it's it's really interesting because when you move home and you know, sometimes you know that built-in isn't there, for example. They're like, Oh, I'll I'll get a built-in. By the time it happens, like they just don't always need it. It's incredible to see if you're given a certain amount of space, you'll work with it. Oh, totally. 
Absolutely agree. And I must admit, my passion, and I've had um, another great person on the show who talked about um, interior styling, um, a lady called Emma Bloomfield, and she was saying she actually loves styling small spaces more than large ones because she just yes. thinks it's it's more satisfying and it's a challenge. It's, you know, you don't have much to work with and you might have to make the living dining area totally work for a family in, a, in an apartment yes. versus a massive, you know, McMansion somewhere. It's a lot harder. Like you've got to use rugs and you got to do this and you have to, you know, look think about how, how big do you really need, do you need a 12-person table when you only have people over once a year? Like it's all those things decisions which she said is actually a lot more fun in a small space so I completely agree I completely agree I totally I totally hear that so yes yeah, so um my final two questions are things I ask all my guests the first yes. one is do you have any special mentors or inspirational people in your life what are, who are they they don't have to be obviously someone famous but who are they and what have they taught you about business and life okay I'll tell you so I actually when I was in Canada and I was in my early 20s I had an amazing boss there when he just had the most like he 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 really inspired me and he really had a lot of faith in me he'd always say to me darling you can do anything because you get things done and I've always taken that with them you know when you start to doubt yourself and when you know can I do this can I move forward you know I always remember those words so for me when I go into a client's home I, I almost like as as a as a, as a, oh, I forgot the word, as a sentence that keeps going through my head, what's that word, that I keep thinking I can get this done and they can get this done because they can do it. And if I'm, It's almost like a mantra. mantra. That's, that's the word. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. There you go. I read your mind. Thank you. Thank you. So that was definitely something that has always played. And I guess, you know, in your 20s when you're trying to figure out who you are, it was just at a really good time to hear that and I've taken that forever but you know what when it comes down to it it's really you know mum dad my friends and my clients it is they give me balance and success for me is being balanced and I learn that every day through my kids and my family and my friends and my clients so I'm just um, I'm very very I'm very lucky and very fortunate to have like good influences in my life. Absolutely. It always takes a village, I say. So my last um, wrap-up question for you would be, what are your top tips for anyone that's really kind of overwhelmed and wants to get ahead in the politics of decluttering? If you just gave some sort of really quick takeaways, and obviously they can contact you through our show notes if they want to um, engage you, but what would be your, your sort of advice okay. for anyone who's struggling? So I'm going to give some top tips, okay, when you, if you want to start this process, okay? Get your notepads out, everyone. Okay. Always, always, always declutter first you organize second which means do not go out and buy storage and think that that is going to solve your problem or or your issue with the the amount of stuff in your home is to store it that is not the solution okay I get that all the time people will say to me clients will say to me Anita what do I buy before you come and I'm like no no buying we declutter first because it doesn't make sense to organize 30 pairs of shoes when we could end up with 10 correct correct makes sense that's a great tip second tip is you have to have a place for everything and everything in its place so if we decide that we are going to have lego in this area we're going to have lego in this area in this box in this room in this drawer If we're going, and and, you know, like with the makeup, with um, toiletries, with whatever it may be, there has to be a place for everything and that's designated after the decluttering, okay? Third tip I'm going to give you 
okay, is what, what we've talked about throughout this was that you need to edit constantly. Put a donation box in a cupboard. Just get a nappy box or a, 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 even a like a laundry bag from the dollar shop. Put it on the floor of your cupboard. So each time there is something that you realize, I haven't worn in a year, it's stained, it's ripped, it doesn't fit one of the children, don't hang it back in your cupboard or put it back in your drawer. Put it straight in that bag. Okay. That's great. I've, I've oh. learned so much today. That's that's really great advice. And if you do want to connect further with Anita, there are some details on our show notes. You have been listening to The Politics of Everything. Until next time, keep well. Thanks for listening today. If you've enjoyed The Politics of Everything, we thrive on feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network and your friends and family. I'm also always on the hunt for fabulous new guests. So if you've got a view to share and an idea how to get our listeners excited, please email me at amber at bespoke comms, that's B-E-S-P-O-K-E-C-O-M-M-S dot com dot A-U and we'll be sure to get back to you. Until next time.